Welcome. We have a, a jam-packed show today. Uh, very different lineup than what I planned for this morning, but it's okay. We, we're here. Um, I want to welcome everyone in. Um, we have a guest and two great co-hosts. Uh, yeah, a lot of news. Um, but I want to let's start by um, John. Welcome back. It's been a while. Uh, how have you been? I've been all right. Been all right. I'm glad to be back. It's been too long, as uh, as some might say. I think we were talking about that a little bit before. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, glad glad to be back on and hanging out with the smart people. Oh well, then I don't know why you're hanging out with me. <laughs> I'm I'm Mr. Dumb Pants. Um, and then uh, Patrick, you came on on short notice. <laughs> Thank you. My voice yeah, is no still problem. shot, uh, but I I appreciate you. How are you doing? I know you were saying your voice is shot. My voice is just about shot as well. Um, cough drops, cough medicine, Vicks vapor inhalers, like the, these things are a godsend. And yes, I have my. We're gonna we're gonna have a good show. There. We're gonna have a good show. It's gonna be a good time. Everybody, uh, what is going stuff. on with that? As long as you guys can't transmit it over the internet. We can't. Yeah, I don't think I, so. I don't think okay, the viruses so right. have evolved to be transmitted over the internet. 30,000 okay. miles. I don't think so. That's and, and Matt, That's I know you're sick too. <laughs> Just different sickness. Yeah. yeah, getting over the stomach bug. So you got me at maybe 50%. I didn't even set up the lights and everything. I'm just it's on my good. couch underneath my I have blanket. My, I have my, my new ring ring light over here. Do I look more bright, more lit up than usual? You do. You look great, actually. Yeah, you can see my pretty face. Every little thing that's wrong with it. I, uh, you know, that's exactly what I want the people to do: is to comment on my beauty or lack thereof, as some might say. But yeah, let's uh, let's talk football. Who who has? I have a lot of things to talk about. Very full show sheet. Um, private chat. What is that? Image. Oh no. It, it's a it's a it's a dumb meme. Um, oh I'm no, it's hiding your faces. Think. How do I fix that? <laughs> ah, fixed. All right. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. Love the weekly shows and new schedule. Uh, well, the schedule's not that new, uh, but I appreciate loving, loving the weekly shows. Uh, thank you guys for doing this. Well, you know, I always say we should enjoy it while it lasts because we never know. Uh, when the, the last show will be it could be uh, it could be this show i mean you know we never know we'll have to see we'll have to see i'm kidding it's not gonna be the last show but i really haven't made any commitments to doing shows after the nfl draft i'll be honest with you i um i've pretty much planned out the show through there and nothing after so uh we, we'll see i am very excited for that though and john we have to uh we have to schedule your segment they don't have you for your segment. Yeah, I know. We got to get that. Uh, we got to get that worked out. Uh, it was fun and, hanging out last year, so we gotta we gotta run that back yeah. and do it again. And Patrick, your segment, if we if it's possible, if we can, yeah, for, for sure. I need to take a look at it. Just got back into town yesterday evening, and of course, being sick adds to that. Yeah, no, it's 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 all good. We still got over a month, but I know everyone really. There was great reviews on last year's. I streamed uh, day one and day two of the draft. People really seemed to enjoy that. I had, I think, like 25 to 30 people come on at some point. Uh, and, and people seemed to really enjoy that. So I'm going to be doing that again this year. Uh, and I hope everyone's I, excited. Draft shows for people watching at home who have never partaken in draft shows. It's well worth the watch no matter where it is and who it is. 
better than anything ESPN puts out. So true. Like yeah. they're 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 by midway of the first round. They're six picks behind. They're not talking anything actionable for the average listener, especially for a fantasy for fantasy football. And that's the thing is is it gets more of the uh, immediate fantasy you know idea gut check fantasy. So it, it really helps. So yeah, I would agree with that, Patrick. Uh, yeah. So what about this trade? Uh, 0.5 reception bonus for running backs. Pollard for Christian Watson. That's interesting. Uh, let's not like a not like a tiered PPR like the yeah. other way. I don't think so. I think this is a one for wide receiver and one and a half for running back. Wow, I've never that. seen that. That would I make have. Pollard more valuable. It certainly would, because you're not relying on the big play. You're relying on just steady volume. Well, I mean, we know that Tony Pollard, there's a big threat to him in town. Big threat. They signed um, Ronald Jones. <laughs> Two-time yeah. Super Bowl champ. Two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, water boy, Ronald Jones. <laughs> um, oh, that was a low More blow. Super Bowls than uh, Brett Favre <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers. If that's yeah, the low blow, guy, they add Tony Pollard to the moon. Um that's not but obviously we add. don't really expect that to be the only guy that they add. So I don't know. This is a tough one. I think, you know, the upside for Pollard, if, if he kind of, I mean, we've seen even when Zeke would miss a week here or there, he was like the RB one every time it happened. I know. So the upside is ridiculous. Um, it yeah, just, it feels like, like they probably are going to draft someone and it's hard for me to like get fully in on a guy who's, finally getting his shot to be the starter at like 26 years old. Um, whereas Christian Watson has theoretically a very long career in front of him. So I think it's the longevity that makes me want to lean towards the Watson side. But I think if you're, if you're a contender in this format with one and a half points per reception, I don't hate you at all for making this move. I've just seen so many also drafts for the Packers, double dipping on offensive weapons at 15 and 45. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I definitely don't think that the like three touchdowns every week nonsense that was happening at the end of the year for Christian Watson is going to be the norm moving forward. That's not how I had him rated as a prospect. He honestly exceeded my expectations a lot. Um, well, I thought he was terrible. So he exceeded, he vastly exceeded my expectations. <laughs> so I don't really know what to make of him going forward. Like he surprised me, but he didn't do it till the end of the year. And I'm just wondering like how much. He's going to keep that up, and I well, think I lean the Pollard side here, but maybe Watson, if I'm in a rebuild, I think it's a pretty fair deal. Someone said on Twitter, they, they got into a back and forth with me, which is always a bad idea, because uh, I, don't, I don't really do that. I just dunk on you or bury you. Um, but they said, I thought it was very interesting, and confidently so, they said that Romeo Dubs was more talented then Traylon Burks. That's what they said. I I thought that was interesting. I I did say that I thought that Twitter user was disconnected from reality. I, I think we all live in a the, the right reality, and he, he may, might live in a slightly different one, a slightly different one from the rest of us, like a lot of people I know, unfortunately. Um, there's minor details, but yeah, I uh, I don't don't know if I buy that, but I do think that they're going to have someone alongside Christian Watson, that's actually good. Unlike Romeo Dubs, who's just okay. Just okay. So, 
So we'll have to see. I'll take Tony Pollard uh, with a bonus. I, I want right. Boston unless that's going to flip your team to winning. I don't know whose value I'm more worried about from the NFL draft, though, to be honest with you. Like, if the Packers take Quinton Johnston, then I'm uh, that. I don't, yeah, I don't see them taking another big bodied receiver like, mm-hmm. like, well, this mock draft right here says that they will. That's what it says right here. The one that I'm looking at right here, it says, I, I wrote on some, to- I wrote on some toilet paper with my urine that they're not. So, <laughs> oh, no, that sounds interesting. Um, have you considered starting an OnlyFans for that? I think you'd really find oh, really make a lot of money. There's, there's, PP predictions. I already named it for you. There that you sounds go. great. PP predictions. Why don't you do that? Why don't I actually think Worst people would be very no, ever. The, no, I do I have a great idea. Folks. Yeah. I do have a take though on Pollard that I know is unfavorable by many. And that is I've said for the last two years that Pollard is an extremely talented running back in the work in the amount of work that he gets. However, he should never come into a season as a team starting running back. And if they do, it's because the injuries already happened or they're desperate for something else. I'm okay to be proven wrong on this by the Cowboys this year, but I don't think he should be, he should still be a starting running back for that team. I think his, his role is what his role is and he does it extremely well and using him anymore will bring about diminishing returns on his value from a pure football standpoint. Not to, you know, immediately start uh, a disagreement or an argument, but yeah. people said the same no, thing about Austin Eckler. I mean, years ago when it was Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler as kind of the three down scat guy, don't really want him between the tackles. I mean, they did the same thing with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler and Eckler has put up what consecutive, you know, RB one finishes, uh, in the last couple of years. So it, it, I get what you're saying, but yeah. we've seen that model succeed at a high level uh, in Austin Eckler. Um, so I, I would say that that, re- that range of possibility does reside within Pollard, but I agree. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to bring someone in. I think they want a tandem backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do I, think they're going to look yeah. at someone in the draft. I, yeah, and I, I agree with your point for like a fantasy perspective. Absolutely. 100%. We, we saw that. I don't think you want if you're the Cowboys, you don't want Tony Pollard running between the tackles. As you not, expand that role, he's going to not to the extent of 20 carries a game. No, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to throw him 15, 18 carries a game. The only thing say, I'll say about Pollard that hasn't been said is that he already was in a committee role this year with Zeke, what was left of him at least, and still put up an RB one season even though he was splitting the workload. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he has to be a workhorse to be an RB one. Yep. Right. The only back the in this class that they could draft that would make me legitimately nervous about Tony Pollard would be B. John Robinson. And, I, you know, there's all I kinds of speculation about that. But, I, you know, it maybe seems like something that Jerry Jones would do, but it really doesn't make any sense. So, well, I mean, literally any other running back in this class outside of B. John Robinson, who probably won't even fall that far, doesn't doesn't make me nervous for Pollard. Yeah. I mean, they could do something silly like taking Jameer Gibbs at twenty six, but I don't. I don't see that as likely. I think it's more likely they take a tight end at twenty six than a running back. By the way, speaking of Cowboys, if you have Jake Ferguson or Peyton Hendershot, put them on the block now. 
they're, they're going to have zero value after the draft. They, I think the Cowboys are like laser. This is the six good tight ends in this class. I think the Cowboys are more than a running back are lasered in on a tight end with one of their first two picks. Like, I think you can put it in pen essentially. Uh, that's just a side note about the Cowboys. But I, I do think they could take a, a running back in the second at 58 or the third at 90. I mean, those tight end is a need for them. I think that's their biggest need, to be honest, with the way they run their offense. But running back, you know, the Pollard's only on the franchise tag. is also a need. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how, speaking of uh, Cowboys tight ends, Dalton Schultz betting on himself, turning down three years for $36 million. I don't believe that. And walking like, away. With- I, I don't believe that that offer was real. I, I don't believe that. But whether I believe that or not, his offer that he got was low. <laughs> yes, low. it was agreed. Agree. Regardless, it was much lower than what. Yeah, those numbers might not be 100% accurate, but it was more than one year, nine million. I like. I don't get it. He's been productive. I feel like. What did he do wrong last year that soured the market on him? Get injured, I guess. Okay. But he was good in the games he played. In a contact contact game where players hit each other at high speeds every single play, players get injured. I I know. I, I, I honestly don't get it. He only missed two games last year. He played 15. It was a weird, like, the, 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 like Twitter presence of the signing was also less prevalent than the other signings we've had so far too. It's almost like really, really super quiet. And it's the whole thing actually kind of baffles me. I expected him to command more money to get a bigger deal and really kind of weird that it turned out the way it did, honestly. Yeah. I wouldn't write him off, but it's not, I will say it's not the worst landing spot ever because what you what you want is an opportunity to be a top two target on the team. And he does have that here. I mean, these oh, other sure. these other options are, are putrid. I mean, I think Houston has I mean, they've been linked to a wide receiver at 12, but not everyone can take a wide receiver in the first round. This mock here has them taking Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12, which is honestly right around where I think JSN is going to go. So I could totally see that happening. But I still think that Dalton Schultz is, I mean, Nico Collins, the, the Texans saw him. They signed Robert Woods and, and uh, Noah Brown. I think there are no thanks on Nico Collins' contributions over the last two years. There are no thanks on him. I think John he's Mechie, clearly the number one pass catcher that's currently on the roster. I'd agree with that. I mean, I think we'll see if he drafts someone. So I think right now at worst, I'm seeing him as the number two option. Now, is it going to be a great offense to be the number two option in? I, you know, that's we'll see. Well, there's still a lot between here and there to even start projecting that. I just think that it's a, it's not a great landing spot, but it's not the worst one. There were worse places. He could have gone. I agree with you. It's not the chargers, which is what I think people wanted. The chargers is what people wanted because it would have reunited him with Kellen Moore. You know, we know that that worked for fantasy in the past, and Justin Herbert is an upgrade from Dak, a significant upgrade from Dak Prescott. So it only could have gotten better. I think that's what people wanted. It's a little disappointing to go to Houston. Playing with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud is the most likely. I will say if it ends up playing with Anthony Richardson, that's not good. Uh, that, that's not good. Uh, but I would assume that's not the case. I, it's not what I've heard. 
It looks like Stroud is going to go one and Young two is what the chalk is right now, uh, which is not the worst thing in the world. I, I dropped Dalton Schultz about a round of value. I would rather he stayed. The, the track record of tight ends moving teams is bad, but I, I don't hate the spot. Wish it was more money. Better than mm-hmm. where Mike Kosicki went. I don't. That land hey, yeah. is much worse. You, you oh. talked about the Chargers, and that's that's who I, as a Chargers fan, that's who I wanted for fantasy and for yeah, my I don't team. Like Kosicki would have been a great fit in that offense. Don't ask him to block. We got other tight ends to do that. Just let him go out there and be a big slot dude. And let's 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 roll it up. I don't understand why the Chargers. If this was the market that on these tight ends, I, I don't understand why they didn't compete with this market are they that va- i mean they are strapped for salary but they could have afforded it maybe yeah, they, they're intentioned they to afforded. get one of these rookies because like you said it's a loaded class it for tight ends it's one of the best classes i've seen in the last handful of years so yeah i'm kind of excited about the class itself yeah i, I will say though that relying on a rookie tight end to contribute right away is probably oh yeah not a good idea sell. <laughs> and it's true in this class there are some players, I think, of them, really only Michael Meyer, I think, could come in and play the full role immediately. The others, I think, are more raw, would take a little bit more time. But, you know, Michael Meyer, I think, could come in and he's well-rounded enough to play in an NFL offense from day one. And the handsome. Others, and handsome. Don't forget handsome. You gotta well, handsome. yes. I mean, you know, apparently I'm very <laughs> handsome as well. Um, that's what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, that comment there says you look. Well, radiant, that's what my so. mommy tells me. My mommy yeah. tells me that I'm very handsome. So you know, if 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 mommy Tyler, Mama Tyler says it, then it must be true. She um, told me the same thing. Did she? <laughs> um, I mean, my mother is a very nice lady. It wouldn't surprise she me is. if she told you that. She's very no, very I... nice. Um, but yeah. <laughs> And then suddenly uh, Patrick is no longer a co-host on the show. <laughs> it's okay. My mother's not watching. My dad might be. So he, he might get mad at you. But uh, my mom's definitely not watching. I don't think my mom's ever watching. I'll just block him on, I'll block him on Twitter. It's fine. After <laughs> my dad actually first. does like stuff on Twitter. I sometimes see um, him liking stuff. So it, it does happen. If Bijan, was in, if Bijan was in the 2020 rookie class, where would you take him in that year's Superflex rookie draft? Well... Uh, so 2020. So that's um, that was Herbert, Burrow, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, but those was the, as prospects, the big, the big five. Jonathan Taylor. Backs. This um, was a yeah. CHAT Dobbins. Yeah, one on one. He'd still be one on one in that class as prospects over JT. Oh, as prospects, uh, Bijan Robinson is a significantly better prospect than JT. Yeah, it's, it's not particularly close. I mean, JT was not really uh, celebrated by the NFL like Bijan Robinson is going to be. I mean, he didn't even go in the first round. I, I, JT, to me, was a great prospect, but there were uh, some dissenting opinions oh. from places. I don't, uh, to me, Bijan might be the best running back prospect in my lifetime. It's close between him, Saquon Barkley would be the other. JT uh, wasn't even the consensus 101 in his own class. Yeah, in one no. quarterback leagues, people were taking CEH. CEH. I was just going to say yep. the same thing. Like CEH mm. went 101 in quite a few places for rookie picks. Yeah. Well, I think that's because he had the most draft of, capital. Yeah. 
draft yeah, capital really skewed that. And then, that everybody was salivating over, but um, so Bijan, rookie Joe Burrow. I think if you look back to where Joe Burrow was ranked as a rookie, I think Bijan would still be the one on. I think it would be between those two because Justin be Jefferson two, yeah. wasn't going until much later. Justin Herbert wasn't going until a good bit later. You know, so a lot of these guys that emerged and now are studs, when you talk about them as prospects, you know, Bijan would have been clearly above Jefferson and Herbert at the time. And clearly. he would have been over JT, in my opinion. So I think it really comes down to. Burrow, who was the 101 that year and had the draft capital and the amazing college season and all that kind of stuff. In a super flex league, that would have been a tough decision probably between Burrow and Bijan. To me, uh, Bijan Robinson has no flaws. So mm-hmm. I, there's really no flaws. So I don't, I, I, yeah, it's difficult. There haven't been many prospects that have come out that I feel have no flaws. Yeah, I put out a rookie breakdown on him this week, actually, and or late last week, and I went through all of the strengths and all the things that he does well, and then I said, "This is the part where I normally talk about weaknesses, but I got nothing for you, so go draft Bijan." Well, there, yeah, there, there really are no weaknesses because he was able to have over 250 carries in 2022 and still maintain over six uh, yards per carry on ridiculous volume, which is essentially impossible. That that doesn't happen. So there there are eighteen touchdowns. That there are no there are no weaknesses. So uh, yeah, uh, he would be he would have been one on one as a prospect in that class too. Actually, he'd be one on one in almost every class. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, what would have even? I mean, who was coming in as more of a sure thing? Trevor Lawrence maybe was valued in Superflex over him. Trevor oh, Lawrence came in like a quarterback in Superflex of that level coming in might have been worth more. But that's, I think, the one player in Superflex formats who came in worth more. Uh, and a one QB, I don't know if there's ever been a player come, come in worth more. I think he might be the one coming in worth the most that I can remember. Yeah, I mean, up there with, like, Saquon and Zeke in one quarterback. Uh, Zeke, Zeke had some more doubts, I think, than a Saquon. Well, he Saquon, was a, I think, had I mean, the... Um, superior uh passing profile so for fantasy i think there was less um especially zeke i think draft capital also solidified him he rose a little bit as the the process went along but because he was like a top four pick right yeah but saquon was like a first round starter pick from the moment he entered the adp whereas zeke took a while february march to kind of get there so there's never Bijan is like a Second coming of a Saquon value, something where you're talking about it in October. Well, with Bijan, you were talking about it in October of 2021 that this was coming. We've been talking about this for years. It was like the Trevor Lawrence equivalent at, at for sure. Back, essentially, uh, where Zeke was not, not quite, I don't, I don't believe, on that level. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, look, I'm always looking for new co hosts. Um, not that I'm displeased with my current co-hosts. Um, honestly, they're great. Uh, but I am looking for new co-hosts, especially people who can record during the day because I noticed that my shows do better in the numbers during the day. But it's hard to get people who can record then. So if anyone is interested, call me. Um, yeah, we talked about this. All right, Order 66. And I do want to get to some of the, <laughs> the things on the show sheet that I haven't talked about as much this week. Um, 
And we are going to get to that. Let's see here. Burks, 212. Sorry. 212, 301, 24-second. Russell Wilson and Brian Robinson, Calvin Ridley, and Darren Waller. That's interesting. Um, what do we think about this one? This is a super flex trade. And 1.010 in premium. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, that Two is a points. lot. Two points versus one is a lot. What do we think about this one? I think I lean towards the second side of that. Because of the t- the premium and Waller's the clear top pass catching option in New York right now. Ridley, I think, is a is a big gonna be a big riser during the season when he gets back on the field. Wilson has a good chance to bounce back at super, at quarterback and super flex. On the other side, the only thing that really interests me a whole lot is Burks. So I think I lean towards the second half of that. Yeah. I don't see really much uh, argument for the other side. I mean, I'd rather have Burks over Wilson, but not by that much. I'd much rather have the three players over those three picks by by a lot. Calvin Ridley alone is not that far off from worth those three picks. Yeah, Burks is the the only piece in that first thing. I mean, right now that interests me. So, yeah, I I would probably lean the package over the picks. I'm I'm concerned for Burks. I think the talent's there, but I don't know what's happening with Ryan Tannehill. I don't know what's what the Titans are doing as an organization. Um, I'm just I'm really concerned about his situation. By the time he that situation ever gets figured out, he ends up in a Terry McLaurin type situation where all of a sudden he's 28 years old, and we have no idea what's going to ever happen with him. Uh, I'm not too worried about that. I mean, he's he's a little young to start having a concern about that. I mean, he's still almost two years younger than when Terry McLaurin entered the NFL. So I, I'm not that worried. I mean, he turns 23 in two days. So but I'm, I'm just more saying by the time you get to the end of his rookie contract, you're not going to, you might finally start to have a semblance of what's going to happen with him. Is it? Um, I would say I don't even start to worry about that until a player turns 25. When a player turns 25, I'll start to look at, well, if I don't see it clearing up in two or three years, then it could be a problem. But for a 23-year-old player, I'm not going to worry about that because there's just enough time. Things change fast in the NFL. I mean, you you know, the Titans could be, for all you know, for all I know, the Titans could be quarterbacked by Caleb Williams next, uh, in 2024. So th- things change are very fast. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, worry about that for someone of his age. Players that I am writing off, though, for, for that, Purpose, Terry McLaurin, the aforementioned Terry McLaurin, we, we, it's just too late now. It's too late to wait for a quarterback coming later. We're already going to be 28 in September. It's too late. Uh, as Cortland Sutton, probably it might be a little too late to get the situation we want. A couple players that I am writing off, but uh, not, not Trey Lombergs. We talked about Christian Watson earlier. Uh, I don't know if he's a buy, really. He's weird. I don't see him moved like ever. He's just there in the ADP, but I rarely see him traded. Rarely see him talked about. Rarely see him moved. Yeah, I think the the general thing with him is you hold and you see what you've got. And if you decide you want to sell off a high value, or if you decide you want to try to get rid of him in a package, so yeah, he's not a big mover. There's too many question marks around it. Like if I have him, I'm holding. If I don't, I'm not seeking to acquire. I think that's been my advice mostly around Christian Watson is exactly that. 
I, I sent out some feelers today. Like, if you can buy them for like a two hundred one or something like that, sure thing. But if you're looking for like the one hundred eight, one hundred nine, one ten, or someone's looking for that type of price range, yeah, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you hold on to it and see if you end up regretting holding that bag. But I'll buy it at two hundred one. I mean, Patrick, you've seen me try to move Christian Watson, and I failed. All right. I wish I could see all the trade offers that happened in that league. I wish I could yeah. commissioner control would allow me those things. Nobody, I, from what I've gathered in that league, um, it feels like everyone's asleep except for me. But that's I, maybe I'm wrong. But I, 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 did, I did literally just put out a trade offer with a share of my Christian Watson early today. I was like, let's see if I can get a mid to late first round pick. I, I very and much. If I, and if it falls off and things don't fit exactly how I want it to. I sell that pick at the draft for a 24 first and move along. And I'm happy because I got a 24 first for Christian Watson. I very much noticed that I rocked the boat in that league because like, it seemed like everyone was like, Oh, this is fun. Nice, casual, relaxing. And then like a tornado comes in <laughs> and like, is like very disruptive and causes a lot of, uh, Panic. a need to pay attention. Um, yeah. It, it it made waivers something that you actually had to watch. Well, there's just a More lot so. of things. There's just a lot of things going on. Because uh, when someone dumps four four players in a single day and has four additional roster spots, blood suddenly back. waivers. You had four more spots, and people are dropping players for no reason. Why are you dropping players in dynasty during the off season? There's no reason to drop a player unless you are literally getting some back. I've seen people drop players. Oh, they're over the roster limit. Roster limit doesn't exist in the offseason. It's so fake. True. It That's doesn't why matter. I don't pay attention to the roster limit. It does not, it does not the matter. The roster limit is a suggestion. You know, it's a suggestion. It's like a the Pirates suggestion. Code. Like a what? The Pirates Code. Oh, I thought you said. Guidelines, suggestions. Um, what did you think I said? Like a fire code? Oh. I was like, those, I don't know if that's a suggestion. I mean, it no. could be. I don't, I don't know my, about that one. Now, my impulse control requires me to hold something in my hand when I'm walking next to a fire, uh, fire alarm because I will pull it. Like, that is my, that is like my dirty, like inside me. My, you want to I want to pull the fire alarm so bad. Really? Since I was like five years old. But I've never you been ne- Have you ever pulled a fire alarm? No, I watched someone else do it on accident. Oh. I'll have to tell you that story off here. Yeah, you, you will. Um, on the clock. Oh, this, uh, wow. I think these players are back to back to back to me. Chubb Pollard and Godwin. Man. Oh, I really don't like Godwin's situation right now. But <clears throat> in terms of longevity, I mean, these are... In terms of talent, I think... Chubb is probably the most talented, then Godwin, then Pollard of these three. Chubb's the oldest, and kind of we're already past my way past my retirement age uh, for running back. I don't draft old running backs in startups, so Chubb is like not on the board here. It's it's Pollard or Godwin for me. Pollard's not that young either. No, he's really not. But I, I mean, I guess he's is he twenty five or twenty six? Uh, twenty six. Twenty six. So. I'll, I'll go with Godwin. Not yeah, that I love it. Probably how I would. But nothing's really the thing about Godwin is that nothing's really going to happen between now and then <clears throat> to hurt his value more. 
I mean, it's already as low as it's going to be. Whereas with the other two, um, Pollard, I think of these three, carries significantly the most risk. Uh, I mean, they could draft a running back at first. There's risk. Or a running back in the second that's good, like Zach Charbonnet, if they drafted him there, would, would be a damaging. Um, so Pollard does carry the most risk of these three. What what worse could happen to Godwin? He currently has Baker Mayfield as his quarterback <laughs> on a team where he's competing with targets with Mike Evans. I don't think his like it's as bad as it could be. So nothing can get worse for him. Uh, and then Chubb, they haven't replaced Kareem Hunt or Dearness Johnson. And I really don't buy that Jerome Ford is going <laughs> to step up. So I, I don't know. They could be in the market for running back too. I don't know what they're even going to do. I mean, they have 42 and 98. Could I pick a running back? Maybe. It's a deep running back class. That's possible. I could see Jerome Ford settling in with a Kareem Hunt light type uh, role in that offense, but it's still it's going to run through Chubb. I, I don't know. I thought they would sign someone in free agency, to be honest. I, I'm trading back uh, <clears throat> one, one or two picks and letting someone else make that decision and then just taking the advantage of a later round. That's not always possible, though. I mean, sometimes you're like, hey, I really don't want to make this pick. Anybody anybody want to trade up? It's just like crickets. So I, I think to me, it's, this is just a startup strategy. If I'm like in an established league and I know I'm a contender, then these are pretty equal value assets in my eyes. But in a startup where I don't know for sure yet, am I contending? Am I, you know, am I punting a year? Let's let the draft play out. I don't like drafting old running backs. Certainly not in the first five or six rounds of a startup draft. So I probably go Godwin here just based off of the way that I do startup drafts. I have Godwin ranked the highest. So I, I agree with that. Yeah. I let's, yeah. Godwin go would be my pick here too. <clears throat> on to this one. Uh one QB PPR start nine. Send Pollard receive Eckler. I feel like we're talking about these the same range. Pollard's I don't. Name, I guess. Yeah, I, I, man. I just traded him the other day, so yeah. I'd Pollard rather have Eckler. Name. Start, start, start nine. I gotta go Eckler, because, I mean, that means like studs over depth in a start nine league, and Eckler is a stud. Well, it's not even that. It's both of these. Uh, to be honest, Pollard is past the age curve where I consider value. At this point with a running back, I'm now valuing. The value, I think, is gone. It's already gone. So now it's just the rest of their career. Whose rest of their career would I rather have? And I think I'd, if I'm taking a running back of that age, any run, anytime I take a running back 26 or older, I'm essentially accepting that a large part, part of the reality is that I'm taking the rest of his career. So it's whose rest of career would I rather have? And I'd rather have the rest of Eckler's career. If I have to choose. I'd still rather have the rest of Eckler's career. It's a lot more proven. I think that's a good process. Yep. Um, yeah. But, you know, would I rather have Aaron Jones three rounds later than either of these two? Yeah, probably. Uh, are these guys probably both too high for me to take them? Yeah, probably, especially Eckler. So... You know, I probably don't. I don't see myself getting either of these two, especially not Eckler. 
given where he's going. Yeah. Pollard, maybe. Depends on. But if I already had Pollard on my team and I was being offered Eckler, I'm pretty sure I would accept it. I would take Eckler. Yeah. Especially yeah. in a start nine. If I'm yeah. competing, I'd rather have Eckler. Um, if I'm rebuilding, I mean, I'm a little I'd rather nervous about the trade team. thing because I feel like the history of running backs at that age going to a new team is pretty ugly. Um, I mean, I think about like Le'Veon Bell going to the Jets, Gurley to the Falcons. Like, it's just late career running backs going to a new team is usually a disaster. So that gives me pause with Eckler, the fact that he's like really holding out over this contract stuff and they've given him opportunity to seek a trade. If he got moved, I'd probably rather the Pollard side. He's not leaving. But assuming that he's back in the Chargers, I mean, you're talking about RB1, RB2, not like top 24, like literally number two overall of, of all running backs, probably, uh, if he's back in L.A. So, yeah. I just don't see him getting moved. I don't see I teams don't, having the money for him. I don't know where he would go. I don't know where he'd go that he would have the same value. And I think that's what Matt was kind of talking about there is like, if, I mean, how many teams are going to give the guy 200 plus carries and a hundred plus targets? I don't see that shaping no, up in too many offenses. In fact, the only other offense I can immediately think of would be Kansas city. And they haven't given that kind of volume to any one running back uh, anyway. So, and they're not going to trade in division. So I don't, see it working in the same fashion as it has for the chargers so mm-hmm. i mean i really kind of hope he stays no, i don't put see it happening that's where his I really values, hope he values the highest I, I don't see it happening at all i i don't see the only and i think this is kind of silly but minnesota is tired of dalvin cook and they'd rather cut him and extend austin eckler and have him as part of the offense kirk cousins doesn't run at all you need a dump off uh, option. You lost Adam Thielen. Um, I, I could get that. They they stopped dumping off to even Cook last year though. Right, but like, Cook is not Eckler. I think if you had Eckler, Cook was not as effective in uh, as he was in previous years. I just think the running for sure. Like, I mean, they just they weren't even targeting. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't doing anything. Well, I think what happened all. is that they acquired a tight end who was a much more uh, valuable receiving weapon in a short area. And then they I, eliminated Dalvin Cook from that part of the plan because it yeah, just wasn't effective. I saw before that trade even happened. That was that was a coaching change. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it was the only yeah. factor. I'm just saying that right. that yeah. enhanced their ability to not utilize Dalvin Cook in that area. Uh, but I think if they had Austin Eckler, then suddenly that would change. I think. Then I think historically. That would Late career running backs and new teams. I mean, David Johnson to the Texans. Like, you just run down the whole list. I will say just... David Johnson on the Texans was be- in the first year was a lot better than people remember. He won me a fantasy title. There you go. He was very he good come... in week 16. You know, he came, came back from injury? was like okay in his first year with the Jets, but that just means the cliff is coming. You know, like it's going to be. No, I, I, I understand. It's going to be you don't want him okay to get for maybe the first year with the new team the and then the cliff is there. So, like, I mean, the only example I can think of where it like went pretty well, I guess, was LaShawn McCoy going to the Bills. Like he had a couple good years with the Bills, but not that many examples of late career running backs changing teams. And now you got to go like way viable. back. You got to go like way back to think of good examples. Yeah, There's none recently. CMC Mark Ingram, teams and he's playing well. So Mark far. Ingram's Baltimore career is yeah, that's solid. true. It's it's true. 
And CMC looks good so far in San Francisco. But so there's a couple, but it's not often. Uh yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can get anything for those two. Uh I um I just don't think that Dallas I think Dallas is gonna bring in another option. I, I like both of those players, but I think they're gonna bring in another option. Tight end is too important to their offense. Too important to the offense that they run to have Totally unproven options. You know, even Dalton Schultz kind of came out. He was not the intended starter. Like Jarwin was. And then Dalton Schultz came in. He was the backup. I will say that those guys played well when Schultz was hurt this year. Small sample size. Mm, they played okay. On a yeah, small sample I mean, size. I, a little I'm with you on selling them depending on, I mean, like anything later than like a mid-third, I'll probably just hold and uh, hope that they get a chance to start. I don't see these guys moving as a one-off trade. I think these two are something that has to be part of a package deal if you actually yeah. want to move them. I don't, they're not a one-off trade. No one's going to you know, pay for either one straight up. So they're, they're package guys. You'd be surprised. If you send out the offers, you'd be surprised. You just have to be willing to do a lot of unnecessary work. But you'd be surprised. It, people do – you know, I always say, oh, people don't do it anymore, but they do. They do. I'm always surprised at the deals that can get done. You know, always surprised that uh, the patrons who tell me about these types of things. Well, yeah, the trade questions that you get sometimes, I see those come up on Twitter. Those are the Twitter questions. Those are really dumb. But I'm even talking about the the Patreon questions I get from people who are smart, but they're getting some of the offers they're getting are like, what should I should I take a second round pick for Jake Ferguson? Yes. Yes, you should. You should accept that. But don't wait for me to get back to you. Um, you know, but why are you playing I, a league with Jake Ferguson's mom? I, I'm just telling you, you'd be surprised at a lot of what my Patreon is. It's just, yes, accept that blindly over offer that you received. Oh, you know, don't send your first round pick for, uh, I don't even know, Isaiah Pacheco. Don't do that. Like his, it's not that hard. The, the reason why I'm good at it is because I can keep it all in my head. Like the hundred of them that I have. That's the hard part. Is like keeping track of everyone. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, welcome. Uh, this is uh, an unrelated podcast. It's called Rob Has a Podcast. It's about Survivor. Um, but I've been a patron of them for a long time. Oh, Ivan. Hi. I think at one point we blocked each other on Twitter a long, long time ago. What? He and I went back and forth what? after one episode, and I was, Wait, I was being it? an ass. I went back and forth with him on, on uh, Survivor Twitter feed like three years ago, and That's we ended so up like blocking funny. each other. It was. How do you remember that? It was just. I don't know how. You it was remember. me being a. It was me just being a, a trolling dunce, and yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway. I mean, I don't even... Re- no, you're good. I just don't even remember what I tweeted yesterday. <laughs> like, people are always like, why are you so mean on Twitter? I'm like, well, I don't even remember what I tweeted five seconds later, so it's easy to be kind of a little <laughs> bit mean uh, when you don't remember it. No hard feelings at all, dude. No worries. Yeah, I mean, some people on Twitter are just asking for it, though. <laughs> think so? I had one the other day. I'm not. I'll spare you all the details, but yeah. Oh, here we go. 
Here we go. This question. My favorite. Uh, for rookie drafts in 12-team Superflex leagues, are you taking a quarterback at one-on-one if needed and you exhausted all trade-back attempts? Uh, hard to pass on a starting quarterback one over any running back if your team's not Bijan ready. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. That nonsense that that is. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I don't think so. I don't think so because as time passes, who's more likely to rise in value? A rookie quarterback who's struggling through camp, as almost all of them do, or a running back as we get our redraft rankings, who's going to be ranked in the top five? Who's going to rise more in value of those two? What, which one is going to rise in value from now to August? Which one of those two things? What, which one's going to gain value and which one's going to go down? We all know that. So, no. The answer to this question is no. Yeah, I agree. You take Bijan, you you let him start to play, and people see how good he is. And, I mean, I, I don't want to whiff on a 101. And all these quarterbacks, like, it's the hardest position to get right. Yeah, there's upside if it pays off. But, like, there's a chance that if you take one of these guys 101, you get Zach Wilson, and you whiffed. But – there's no chance of that with Bijan. He is a locked and loaded, sure thing. Like, there's no way that he's not going to return value when you pick him. That even Can if you, you don't imagine if Bijan busts, what what's going to happen to like our world? Yeah, we're yeah. all going to have to quit and delete yeah. Twitter. And <laughs> you can delete Twitter. I have I have too much of an attention whore to delete Twitter. I can't do that. <laughs> I love the attention too much. I. During the season, it just feels so good that I get 2,000 notifications a day. It's, it's literally where I get my self-validation from. It's just, it just gives me a reason to live. I think the big thing about this particular question is you have to put this, this draft and this group of players in this vacuum. Like Under normal circumstances, if you're debating the top running back versus the top quarterback in a super flex, you're, you might lean the quarterback because it's super flex in this case, like Bijan, as we've stated earlier, there's no red flags. There's no weaknesses. There's nothing to drive him down. I think in, in this case, like, yeah, you kind of, you take this as like, this is Bijan, not random running back from three years ago in that draft. This is Bijan. So I, I would say in, in this case, if you start looking at things objectively and not just like the big picture thinking, yeah, you're taking Bijan. Uh, you acquired Christian Watson for the 112. I mean, I'm looking at the draft, even a super flex. I think I'm going to like Christian Watson more than the player at the 112. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I think that's a good trade. Um, I like that thought process. I think he's talking about the 26 year old running back, looking at the rest of their career, and I, I appreciate that. It's a something I talk about a lot. Uh, Eckler's holdout leverage season was last year, missed his window. I kind of agree with that. Kind of agree with that, unfortunately. Might be tough for him now. Yeah, he's like, tw- is he 28 now? 28, yeah, or in yeah. April. It's to yeah. be 28. Because he's saying, like he said in the interview yesterday, he wants a long-term contract. I don't see anybody giving him a long-term contract at 28 years old. I no, I think he's going to look for more of a raise than extra years. He said long-term. I mean, it, I don't I know think if you watched the video he put out yesterday. He was like interviewed on a podcast or something, and he was talking about how underpaid he is. And he specifically well, said he wanted a long-term contract. Well, you know, I would like to be an underwear model, but 
<laughs> you know, I don't know if I have the if that's going to work out for me. I mean, maybe we'll have to see. I mean, I, I could give well, it a that's shot. What I'm saying. I don't think he's going to get it at 28 years old, which, you know, it just goes to the commenter a second ago that said he missed his window. I think that's probably true. Now, now I'm going to get comments of I would buy your underwear modeling thing, Tyler. That's what I'm going to hear. I do often get like porn bots commenting and like trying to message me on my Twitter. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, well, Eckler is a lot better for receiver than Cook. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that one. I don't know if I agree. I don't think either one is 75, either Ferguson or, or Peyton Hendershot is 75% of the player that Dalton Schultz is. So we, we might have the to. The problem is that they would both be involved. Like, even if they didn't. Well, that's draft one problem. One, but I, right. I also disagree with the idea that either one of them is 75% as talented as Dalton Schultz. I just, I disagree with that. I, I don't see that. Dalton Schultz has a long history of actually producing. Receiving yards in the NFL, I, these players were not drafted very highly. I didn't really like them as prospects, and they've proven nothing. So, to be And if you look at the receptions they had, they were not the first read. They were not the second read. So, they were just yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that they was... also didn't come in with a good profile. They didn't no. come in with a good profile. So, And Dalton Schultz didn't either, but he proved in the NFL. He has NFL production on his resume, and these players – have bad profiles and no NFL production, really. So I think I need to see something before I say that they're 70, can even approximate together what Dalton Schultz gave you. I think I need to see a little more before we get there. I think Dalton Schultz is a lot better than people are giving him credit for. I, I, I hear some people saying, well, you can just replace him easily. I don't, I don't agree. I would have been lining up to pay him if I were the Chargers uh, or other teams. The Texans, I'm surprised it didn't cost more. The Patriots, I would have much rather paid Dalton Schultz the $6.25 million with $2.75 in incentives than what they paid disaster Gasicki. Um, you know, in, in terrible fit Gasicki, who doesn't fit in their offense at all. I don't see that. I don't see what that, the point of that was. Having... Gasicki and Juju in the same offense is not going to work. So I don't know what they were thinking. But Dalton Schultz would have fit perfectly in that offense. So we'll have to see. But I don't I don't understand his market. I don't understand uh, how people perceive him. And I don't understand his value uh, from an NFL perspective at all. I, I just don't agree. So maybe we'll have to see who's right and who's wrong. If he does well on the Texans, I think he'll have an opportunity to have a good long-term contract at some point. Uh, he already had one franchise tag, so it's going to be expensive to franchise tag him again. So if he does well, he'll still only be 27, 28 then next year, which is still young for a tight end. Maybe he'll get his payday then. But, you know, at the same time, you can't really complain, right? I mean, he's had a franchise tag of $10 million, and now we might have up to $9 million, $19 million. is a lot of money. So, I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't feel too sorry for him. Um, and he's a great guy, by the way. You should check out some of his streaming stuff. I could stuff live like a couple different lifetimes on them. I'm sure you could. But I, Dalton Schultz is a great guy. He does a lot of good uh, streaming content, really in, engages with the community on Twitter and all that. So I, I think there's always a player that I'm rooting for, players like that, uh, who really get out there and engage with the uh, community online. Because we're their fans. And, you know, I always like when they kind of give something back to us. Austin Eckler is another one who does, very much so. That's why I'm always kind of rooting for him. 
another player we talked about. Oh, this is good. Good. This is a good question. Order 66. I like this one. What is Jordan Love's value in a super flex? I like this question a lot. I think we can safely assume that Aaron Rodgers is gone. He's not coming back. He's either retiring or playing for the Jets. He's not coming back to the Packers. Packers have moved on. So with that being said, what's Jordan Love's value? Are we sure that if Rodgers moves on that Jordan Love is the guy? Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's choice. a safe assumption. Has he ever, I mean, even when he's had to fill in during injuries or whatever, has he ever like looked good? Yes, he did yeah. this year when he filled in. He did. Yeah. He looked good. He his looked his preseason going into last year, he looked very good. He commanded drives. He moved, he moved the ball well. He hit his reads. He did everything you wanted to see out of a guy. I think overall, I really don't count what he's done in the NFL for or against him much because he's had no opportunity to play and there was nothing he could have done to earn it. So, he are you fine for him? No, Superflex? no, because he wasn't worth. Let's rewind a second. Let's say that I just had to evaluate him as a prospect. He was taken around, what was it, 25th overall? 25th or 26th? Mm-hmm. And I was just evaluating him as a prospect and assigned him about, say he was the starter then. Because nothing's really changed. Say he was the starter then. He wasn't worth a first then. His profile doesn't dictate that he was worth a first then. I don't think, I think he got about the right draft capital. 20, I would have given him a borderline first round grade. I was not a fan. So for me, I don't think he'd be worth a first in Superflex. If I knew he the reason why he fell to the mid to late second was because there was going to be a delay. Because you were going to have to wait. But I think if he had started right away, he would have been worth, you know, a late first to some, probably early second for, you know, me. So that's what I have him as worth now. I have him worth 24 years old, which is younger than I thought, honestly. He came in very young. So long since he was drafted, I was like, is he 26? Is he 27? Like, how old is he? He's younger than Kenny Pickett. He's 24, which is pretty, pretty nice. It's not about the age. If everything hits best case scenario, he takes over this year. He looks great. He's the future of the franchise. You know, he's the new Rodgers to Favre. Like, if if best case scenario plays out, he's easily worth a first. But yeah, but that's if the best. Case that's scenario like plays out. you can't pay for a guy at his ceiling. So I, I think his yeah. ceiling is probably what I don't know if he's ever going to be with those like top top guys. I think his ceiling is probably like what Tannehill. No, no, I mean like what value wise, like what Dak is worth now, like second round startup pick that's probably his ceiling if everything goes right and if everything goes wrong he could be worth what zach wilson is worth now next year so that's the range so if you look at the overall adp i kind of put him in the middle of that range i don't know if he has that dak upside in him though personally i mean i think if he wins the job that doesn't necessarily mean that he's like a star in a high-powered offense which is what dak is I mean, I, I think I, that's his ceiling. I, I threw out Tannehill because he's a guy who won a job later in his career and became a multi-year starter, but he was never like great for fantasy. 
His ceiling's higher Tanner than that, though. I don't know. He has much more arm talent. His ceiling's higher than that. Mm-hmm. If it goes right, if it goes right, his ceiling's higher than that. The problem is that I will say that my expectation, my problem with Jordan Love is not the ceiling. I actually think the ceiling's pretty high. My problem with Jordan Love is that I just don't buy it. I just don't think he's good. Like, I just don't think he's ever going to hit that ceiling. I think he's bad. I just, I, I, like, I've always kind of thought he's not very good. So I don't, I think that the floor represents the majority of the range of outcomes that we're going to see. But I do want to acknowledge that the ceiling is high. It's not Ryan Tannehill. That's not the ceiling. If, if Jordan Love hits and is good, the ceiling is going to be high. It's going to be a second-round startup pick because that's just how it works in Superflex. There is... There's discussion as a Packers fan of what does success for Jordan Love look like after all this waiting? And the discussion has been, do they let him walk after four years, even if Rodgers comes back? What do you do? Do you call it a wasted pick or do you pick up that fifth-year option? And people have been ready to pick up the fifth-year option on him despite seeing a total of like two and a half games. I think they have to. I think it's a And I think that... That, that decision will be made once the Rodgers trade inevitably goes through. Is okay, now they have the cap space, they can officially do it. Um, but he's got two years. Yeah, that, I, I, I do think he will have the two years. I think you've got, even if he doesn't perform right away this first year, you've got, you, you still have a, another offseason to sell off to someone that might have some faith in it. But if he's bad, it's going to be too late. Then, like, I, I think, you'll think see, you're, I think you'd be going from an early second round pick to maybe a late second round pick in the next draft. But you're still looking at a starting quarterback in the NFL and super flex, which inherent, inherently has value. I will say this the Packers are making a trade with the Jets that could be some sort of 24 first included, 25 first. They're going to have. I think it's possible there could be conditions on all these things. It's possible that the Jets could have future ammo in order to move up, or the the Packers could have future ammo from the Jets to move up and get another quarterback later. I I do think if Jordan Love is bad this year that, you know, they will bring in competition or some sort of alternative for 2024. Um, And, you know, that'll reduce his value. And I, I don't know. He is so risky. He has a massive range of outcomes, like I've said. And I just think that um, is not necessarily the bet I would make. I have him worth between the 202 and 203. Because I wouldn't have had him as worth the first when he came out. So why would I have him as worth the first now? That, that's the only thing. Did you know he and Stetson Bennett were uh, freshmen and seniors in high school at the same time? I didn't, but it does not surprise me. <laughs> Stetson Bennett's a year older than Jordan Love, for, for those who are wondering. Uh, Matt, you want to uh, plug your stuff? Uh, yeah, thanks, Tyler. So I got to take off. Um, got to go help my wife out with something. But thanks for having me on. Um, Devi to Dynasty Film Room is my YouTube channel. I do rookie breakdowns right now. I mean, I, I do content all year long, not just during rookie season. But right now, it's it's rookie breakdowns. So um, I want to not just tell you. I want to show you. I'll break down the film, show you strengths, weaknesses, all that kind of stuff. So come check it out and uh, would love to see you over there at Debbie two dynasty FR on Twitter and on YouTube. Thanks guys. Catch y'all later. All right. See you, man. Peace.
All right. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. You gotta you gotta squeeze your way. I can fix that. There you go. Oh good. I've had neck problems in the past. I couldn't do that for very long. <laughs> uh. All right. Small world. That's fun. I, I love that. Um. I just want to say about. I saw this comment from the the Ridley Truther earlier. I just want to tell you. I don't think Bruce Hall tanked in value. <laughs> Did he? I remember him still being rated very highly. I don't think that that actually happened. Was that the same week you like officially came out and you're like, Brees Hall is my RB, my dynasty RB1 until Bijan gets in the yeah. league? And then basically moved from what, one to two? Yep. I'm, I, I've got DLF pulled up right now. And, you know, who the RB1 currently is? Like, oh. I mean, yeah. Yep. I was, I was offered this offseason. 110 and Brees Hall for my 101. Very quickly declined it, but it was also like that was a wasn't a, the worst offer I've gotten for the 101. And if Brees Hall wasn't coming off the ACL, maybe I'd be more likely to consider it. Yeah, the the, the ACL. I'm I still. I mean, it's you're you're still playing the big picture. So yes, Brees Hall is still up there, and and yeah, that's going to change obviously with with Bichon, But I I don't see. Uh, Brees is having tanked uh, off the injury, running back, uh, injuring ACL. That's that's not that huge a deal uh, these days. So, yeah, I expect him to come back, stay strong, and still maintain that that high value. And he's going to be playing in an offense that's not necessarily as focused around him and his and what he's doing as it was when he went down with an injury. That's like true. that Jets offense should be more well-rounded should open up holes where he's not facing a stacked box nearly as often, and it should essentially still allow for those big plays. Um, as long as he doesn't have the Dobbins issue where he just can't get into that final gear, there's no reason why his vision isn't going to allow him to continue to hit those big holes and create those 20, 30, 40-yard rushes. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. Welcome back. Oh, man. My voice. All right. Which that kind of leads into the next question. I like that. I, I kind of like that offer. Yeah, it's, that's it's, a good not, offer. it's not. A, it's not. I don't think it's. An, I don't think I say yes to it if I'm the one-on-one manager. But it's not a bad offer. I mean, you're getting ETN, who's also a good running back. One hundred nine is in a super flex. That's still going to be a premium player. Probably you're Addison Johnston. Super three. Yeah, it's going to be Addison Johnston or Levis. Probably mm-hmm. with Levis rising and the other two falling, it's going to be one of the wide receivers who I still like. Yeah, and it's Pickens not a... as well, who was good as a rookie. So this is a solid offer. Yeah, I'd like to get a little offer. more. But it's it's a solid offer. It's a good offer. I I think if I'm actually the one sitting with the one on one, I'm I'm probably not letting it go for that. But it's not a bad offer. I would like like I would like like a Tony Pollard or something thrown on top of that. Add, add Tony Pollard to the ETN Pollard Pickens in like one eleven. I'd definitely entertain that. I just yeah, I'd like that one oh nine to be a little higher or something. That's all. Definitely want options before that tier break. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be the weirdest thing Patreon has been used for? Oh well, I'll well we'll have to see. You know, 
Uh, 16 team PPR, Swift or Miles Sanders in 115. I got to tell you, the pick's on the wrong side. Yep. Yeah, pick's on the wrong side. We don't want more failure. That's the problem, is we don't want more failure. We we have had too much failure. It's clearly a big failure. You know, DeAndre Swift is a big failure. I don't I don't want I don't want more of that. I don't want more of that. Players who are not liked by their teams, where we see Jamal Williams uh, relegate you to the bench, and then the team is like, Well, the guy who relegated you to the bench actually isn't good enough. We're gonna get someone even who's better than that guy at everything. And sign him to a lot of money to relegate you further to the bench. Dave Montgomery is the Lions starter, not DeAndre Swift. And I see people with like delusional values on DeAndre Swift still. And it is what it's been for the last year, really. It's just take lock. It's just take lock. People don't want to admit that they, or not the last year, but really since October or so. It's been take lock. People just don't want to admit that they're wrong. They don't want to admit that they're wrong. They don't want to admit that they had DeAndre Swift rated so highly and now he's not worth much. They don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit that they were wrong. And it sucks. But that's why people keep coming back to me for advice. Because I don't do take lock. DeAndre Swift isn't worth much anymore. Miles Sanders is in a far better situation. He just signed a big contract. He's the lead on the depth chart right now. And I don't see how Carolina is going to bring in someone else. So, I don't. I mean, the pick's on the wrong side. If the pick were on the other side, I would. I would go with Swift. It's close enough, but uh, not in this case, right? I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement, and I hate to say it because I was I was one of the guys banging the drum for DeAndre Swift last year, and it didn't work out. And I saw what they did, which is exactly what you described. They brought in someone that was you know better in every facet. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm taking Miles Sanders there. Miles Sanders is worth more than DeAndre Swift, I think. Yeah. should be. Yeah, he should be. I feel like Swift lost his value. I think it was like week one, he had like a 50, 45 or 50 yard rush and got taken down at the one yard line. And as soon as they brought in Swift for that goal line work. And at first it was, oh, Swift is gassed. And then yeah, the next time it happens again. And then... Swift comes in at the goal line and he doesn't get it. And they bring in Jamal. And Jamal gets it. And then Jamal gets it again. It's like at that moment it was over for Swift. Yeah. He he was never gonna be the end zone guy. But like I just don't like I'm not sure what I missed because in March March's ADP. I've been begging people for three months to sell DeAndre Swift. March ADP with rookies included. DeAndre Swift was still the RB10 and 36th overall. How? How were people this? I don't want to use the word dumb, but dumb. Stubborn, maybe stubborn. But it's that's more than stubborn. That's a wild misvalue, uh, like rounds off of the reality. And I begged people for months that DeAndre Swift's value was ridiculous. And now here we are. They signed essentially the best running back in free agency or one of the two best, whoever. You, you take your pick between Montgomery and Sanders. Um, 
and people are still hanging on. And I just, I, I don't get it. I'm a Schultz guy too, for the record, the crazy guy playing in two to 2.75 tight end premium leagues. Uh, yeah, I, I don't dig the Texans spot, but I'm okay with it. There were, there were worse spots. Yeah, it's just okay. It's fine. Patriots were a worse spot. Um, Lance, 108, 24 first, second, and Howell, plus 311. Or Dan- Daniel Jones, 112, Pittman, Wandale, Rojo, and Baker. You didn't tell me there was going to be math. Yeah, this, this is a little too complicated. For There's me. actually not that much to add up. It's Lance and Teacher's two, two firsts or Danny Dimes, a late first, and Pittman. Yeah, I'll go with uh, the Lance side. Yeah, sure. Give, give me Lance side. Yeah. That 24 first is the only thing in here that has, like, real premium upside. So, honestly. Yeah. And the 108 might be the second most exciting. Oh, the Lance side. And then sell Lance for something. Oh, oh, I love this. What's up, dude? Going to record a podcast tonight, episode zero. Any advice? Uh, Don't suck. That's bad advice because your first podcast is going to suck. Probably. So if it's going to suck, then learn. (laughs) Yeah, no, but your early content is going to suck. Yeah. Like I, I will say, I think my early content was better than most. And I think my problem is that I really haven't improved. (laughs) That's why my YouTube channel hasn't grown. Not much has changed. If you listen to me, all that changes is now I go on tangents and diatribes and complain. So if anything, I think I've got it worse. (laughs) I used to talk about football a lot more. Um, but no, the, the, my main advice is be yourself. Be yourself. Uh, you're not going to be able to be someone else forever, so don't start by being someone else. I would like, agree with that. Be yourself, be comfortable, take a deep breath. Like, I'm not going to be able to be the nicest podcaster because I'm not that nice. So, like, why, I'm not going to pretend that I am. I'm harsh, kind of biting. A little sarcastic, can be mean at times. But that's really the person I am. It's not an act. That this is me. Like, you guys know what I'm really like. And, you know, like, if, you know, some of my, if like Ryan or Hutch tried to be that, that's not who they are. So it wouldn't go over very well. But, you know, they do great being nice and like the really kind people that they are. So, you know. Like, be yourself. Like, you have to play the cards that you actually have, not cards that don't exist. So, I think that's my best advice. Oh, one other thing. Self-promote. A lot of people don't want to do it, but you won't succeed without it. If you don't promote your own stuff, why should anyone listen? Why should anyone watch? If it's not good enough for you to promote it, if if it's not good enough for you to put it out on Twitter or whatever and say, I'm promoting this because I think people should watch it. Why should anyone watch it? Why should anyone listen? If you don't believe in it, there's no point. So if you can't self-promote and you don't want to do that, then you shouldn't even do content. That, that is a crucial part of doing content. It is not an, it's not an optional thing. 
it is part of it. You have to do it because it shows people that you believe in what you're doing. And that is the, like the most important thing because yep. if you don't believe in it, nobody else will. I'll add, to, I'll add that you need to give yourself grace. You're going to well, mess up. Too. You're, you're yeah. going to fumble over your words. You're going to get lost. You're going to get off track. You're going to be miles away from the point and you're going to say, shoot, I need to get back to where I was supposed to be. Or this didn't sound like I intended it to. Oh my God. And suddenly you're left with this rambling mess of an answer like Patrick's giving right now where he doesn't even know where the sentence is going, but we're going to finish it and we're going to bring it back to the point that you need to give yourself grace as you're growing and as you're listening. And those that are listening and are engaged are going to give you that same grace that you're going to give yourself. I've never heard someone say, I'm not, I'm not going to keep listening to this because they went on one extra tangent. Yeah, or they stumbled across the, the question. They're going to yeah. stick with you because you suck through it yourself and still provide that good content. That's what matters at the end of the day. And I would say the only other thing I would add there is be receptive to criticism. Like be receptive to some critique. Allow that to, to kind of shape and mold the things that you can fix, the things you can improve. I think in all content creation, being able to take some critique is, is a definite way we can grow getting an ulterior perspective and stuff like that. So be receptive to it. Yeah. Or, um, you know, if you don't want to do that, then if you, if you just want to do it your way, then you have to do it yourself. If you want to do it your way, then you can't create content on someone else's platform. You have to do it on your own. There's a reason why I'm doing all these shows on my own channel because this show can't get canceled. Like nobody can cancel the show other than me. And I, there's a reason why that I feel so much more free and so much more comfortable doing shows now than I ever have. So, you know, if, if you are like me and don't really <laughs> want to have your every show broken down or, or criticized or whatever, then create your own channel because then you're the boss. So that, that's my other advice. Oh, one last thing. Make friends in the industry. Make friends. Retweet groups, share groups, chat groups. Just friends who will share your content. Because even though I have 33,000 something followers, I, I can't hit everyone on Twitter. So having other people to like support and promote you is, is everything. People are always watching from the industry. They may not always like or interact, but as you're building yourself, people are watching how you engage with others, how you interact. And it's almost like a, a, a constant interview. A little. And impressions are, impressions are always made. Like, if they see you getting into fights with people with no followers and you're getting nasty with them, are they going to be interested in you representing a brand? Is that what they want? Not usually. They want yeah. someone that can agree, respect, disagree respectfully and build off of that. Yeah, and I'm not the best at it, and I know that. You know, there's like, I'm not. I'm, ter I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. I've got. I'm terrible. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm terrible. I, um, I don't, I'm not good at playing nice. And it's something I've, I've had to work on. But, you know, it's also 
part of the reason why I do a lot of things on my own. And I, you know, that's a choice that I made and uh, it works for me. And, you know, it, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of different paths and you just have to find the one that works best for you. Some people really like, you know, working in like content teams or working on, you know, other people's channels and, and that's the best for them because they don't have to worry about back end. They don't have to worry about the SEO. They don't have to worry about getting the podcast feed up and they don't have to worry about managing YouTube and all that stuff. But like, I, I'd rather do it and then it's all mine. Um, but, you know, got to find your own path. Uh, I have a couple other things. Actually, a lot of things. There was so much news this week. Like, so, so much. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I haven't talked about too much was Brandon Cooks. I haven't talked about that too much. What do you guys think about the, the Brandon Cooks trade and, like, the impact that that's going to have? I think initially, like, my my first thing was Michael Gallup gets bumped down significantly. Like, I, I believe it was an absolute testament to how they felt he was contributing um, and not in the manner of being that reliable wide receiver to, uh, to C.D. Lamb. So I, I think it's going to bump Gallup down considerably for me. Yeah. When Noah Brown, I believe that's what his name was, oh, was your wide receiver two for most of the year and was doing nothing spectacular, nothing like elite, not barely great at times, but just he was there and he caught the ball. Like they needed something. And I don't think they were, they weren't a wide receiver two from. Super Bowl, away from the Super Bowl, but they were power receiver two from the NFC Championship game. You know what the crazy really thing is? Up. Is how stuck under that Michael Gallup contract they are. Like, it is a bad contract. I haven't like, looked I into it, but I don't remember it being good, but I don't remember it bad. being horrendous. Is it pretty bad? It's bad. And they just restructured That's- it to push the guaranteed, more guaranteed money into 2024. So. They owe him $13 million in dead cap next year. They would save almost nothing by cutting him. Hmm. Yeah, Someone thinks they could almost pay um, Amari Cooper with that. Well, that would have been a lot smarter. Yeah, agreed. But Michael Gallup will, be, will fill that role and do it even better. No. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out. And I tried to be patient with Gallup as a fantasy player from a fantasy production standpoint based on, you know, coming off the injury and whatnot. But even when he should have been okay, he was not okay. So this, this is kind of the, the stake in the heart, so to speak, is bringing in a guy that's done nothing but put up thousand yard seasons every year with no matter what quarterback he's got. So I think you're getting your reliability right there and, and they're immediately getting, like you said, what they already had when they had Amari Cooper there. So yeah, it's Gallup is, Kind of, he's way down for me now. Yeah, he's just a handcuff at this point, really. Wide receiver handcuff. Of which there aren't many. But he, he is one of them. Would you rather make the finals and lose every time, or would you rather never make it to the finals ever? Oh, I mean, the first one, obviously. I want the money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, uh, that's an easy one. Wait, right? never have to pay league dues? Just keep reinvesting that and yeah, just, yeah, doubling just keep my going. initial investment? I don't know about that one. Um, all right, let, let me see. So a couple other things that happened relatively recently. The 
Panthers signed Adam Thielen. Why? I think I, I, think I said that when like the Thielen cut came through. Why did they do that? Carolina's not embracing like the tank. He gave him like a sweetheart deal. I mean, Adam Thielen was cooked. Like cooked. And they gave him 14 million guaranteed, and his contract is underwater for the next two years. Like it's a it's not a one, it's a two-year deal. Um insane. I was I was listening to Teddy Bruski. Was it Teddy Bruski? Yeah. Um, as he talked about the Panthers. And I really liked what he brought up that they are the only team that's bring back their entire offensive line from last year, fully back. And their defense is still in really good shape. So filling in a few extra spots on the offense in terms of weapons, so adding Miles Sanders, adding Adam Thielen, add, you add your new QB1. You've, you've created kind of your safety net already for your team. You added Hayden Hurst, a solid veteran pass-catching tight end. You are setting up your number one overall pick to have to be well-protected, to have two solid receivers that are great safety blankets and a defense that can get him back on the field. Yeah. You're setting him up better than a lot of number one overall picks have been set up in the, in the near, in the recent history. I've heard they might sign DJ Chark as well. Yeah. He's something that I've heard has been rumored to them yep. quite a bit, but nothing official yet. Most mocks have them taking a wide receiver in the second. I think that would be interesting. They take Stroud at one, they sign Chark and Thielen and free agency, and then and Hurst and Sanders. So they basically made a whole team out of free agency and then a wide receiver in the second to kind of build around. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. But they're so short on draft picks, I feel like they need to. Uh... They're going to have to prioritize their holes, that's for sure, because you already know one of them has to be a quarterback, so. And they gave up their only wide receiver. Yeah. Oh, and I did like that they also mentioned uh, bringing in Andy Dalton as just a guy that knows how to how to do things. Is going to take is going to take energy away from and snaps away from number one pick. Let him develop and actually be able to teach him beyond just someone that's fighting for a job. Yeah, I, I do think that Bryce Young or CJ Stroud can play week one. Mm-hmm. At work tonight, just wanted to come in and jump in and comment for the algorithm. Can't wait to watch later. I appreciate that. Uh, oh, Josh, search my meeting. What's up, y'all? Uh, yeah, um, up, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Predict Rogers' trade value. I think the fair deal is a second this year and a conditional third next year. What do you think? Uh. I don't know. I feel like the Packers want a first plus. I, I wouldn't pay it. I think Rogers' ego wants a first. I would agree with that uh, for sure. I think his ego wants to see how much he can fetch on uh, on the trade market. So I, I would agree with that. I do think they're looking for a first. I think they're in it for the picks. Um, so, yeah, I think they're looking for a first plus as well. I can see being a first Packers wanting right now, probably a first, second, and Jets being at like the first, third kind of 
and they're just back and forth in that and that range. I think it will I, I think there will be a conditional pick. I, I absolutely believe that when you're dealing someone that that has the you know the history that Rogers has at, at performing at a high level, I, I do think they can squeak a conditional in there. Add some type of bonuses of like an MVP season or Super Bowl or something like that out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it would be interesting. Something like that. What if we saw like a we don't really we don't see it in the NFL, but protected first round picks. Um wherever it's if it's but like reverse side of it, like if it's later than like pick twenty five, it waits until the next thing like that. I don't know. I don't I don't think that really happens in the NFL. It hasn't happened in the NFL. It's been more of a hockey and uh, basketball thing for a while. We'll see. Uh, trying to move players this offseason. What are Kamara and Mark Andrews individually worth? Well, Kamara is not worth much. Um, like late, mid to late second. I'm not interested in Kamara. Mark Andrews is still worth a lot. Yeah, Andrews is still worth Um, Andrews, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like for Andrews, I'd rather have the top three, um, outside of quarterbacks. I'd rather have the top three positional players of Robinson, JSN and, and Gibbs over Andrews, unless it's a tight end premium. And then the 10 team super flex. I'd still probably rather have the quarterbacks, even if it's only a 10 team super flex. So. So that puts yeah. you at what mid first. Yeah. Oh. I was thinking late first, late first for Andrews, like somewhere in that range. Um, Andrews might be a buy. Camara, Camara's a. Eh. He restructured his contract, so he's going to be there. Yeah, but you're essentially you're looking at the potential of a lost season for a guy that's going to, you know, that's that's getting he's approaching that cliff, and now we've got a potential lost season. Uh, looming ahead from a legal situation. So um, the volatility of that makes it difficult to nail down what it'd be willing to sacrifice, knowing that the potential of him not playing an entire season exists. Yeah. I do think Kamara has more than one year left, but I'm not sure how good that's going to be. Lance in 105 or Njoku in 102, 14 team Superflex. Man. How the mighty have fallen. Call me crazy. I'm taking Njoku in the 102 and a tight end premium. I'm taking Njoku in the 102 also. Same. I want the one quarterback I actually want over not the quarterback that I want in a 14 team Superflex. Uh, or meant 101. John. Oh, if it's Bijan, absolutely. I want that. Sorry. Yeah, that's worth even more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's worth even more then. I'd take yesterday's chicken salad in the 101 uh, in that deal. Yeah. I, I don't want Lance. You may have already touched on this. We haven't. Uh, say Kamara suspended four games. So are you taking first in drafts, Williams or Kamara? Um, I am worried about, I mean, I don't think they would bring in Williams on that type of contract if they didn't plan on using him. So, uh, four games, probably Camara. 
Right. Four games, I'm still taking Camaro. If it's half a season, that changes things. You know, if it's if it's you know eight games, uh, four games, yeah, I'll still take him. I think he'll fall, but I'll still take Camaro. Yeah, Camaro's not an RB one for me anymore. So, if there was no suspension at all, I'd probably take Camaro around like RB fifteen or sixteen. Williams probably in the, around thirty. I'm Jamal Williams here. I think I like what I think he can do in the first four games of the season, and I think he he can carve out more of a role than he was initially. You were initially slating him out for going into the season, when assuming both backs were healthy. Also, this Jamal Williams having no role in the receiving game and being a goal line thumper was a last year's invention. That's not how mm-hmm. he was used in the previous five years of his career. Exactly. Right. He's really good at a lot of things. Yeah. He could be see more usage in the rec- I mean, he had 17 rushing touchdowns in 2022 and 13 in the five years before that. Right. But he had 12 receptions in 2022, which was the only year that he had less than 25. So his usage wildly changed. I do think if Kamara is out, Jamal Williams will have, will have everything and will be an RB1. During that period of time. It's another one of those backfields where there's going to be two guys that they trust. And the backup is actually better than the, with if the starter's out than the starter is originally. The um, the Bengals last year were an, an example. Where you're actually better off with Samaj P. Ryan with Joe Mixon out. Because there's only two guys they trusted and the backup got everything. Then you would have been with Joe Mixon originally. Same thing here. There's only going to be two guys they trust. You'd be better off with Jamal Williams getting everything than with Kamara getting 60%, which is what it would be. Uh, so I will like Jamal Williams as like a zero RB target again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Damian Harris ruined James Cook or Singletary Damian Pierce. Um, well, these are two very different scenarios. I never really... I felt bad for James Cook the whole time because James Cook went to the wrong team for his skill set, which was to be involved in the passing game, which the uh, Bills do, don't do to their running back. So Damian Harris is not going to be an obstacle to that, but they don't do it at all. I don't know. Damian Harris, I feel like this is if they bring in nobody, then nothing has changed except James Cook is developing in year two, and I would expect him to be the starter over Damian Harris. So, eh. In the other case, I'm a little more worried they would add someone else. I think the Bills are kind of happy to go with Harris and Cook. The Texans, I think, are more likely to add another running back because they have a lot more draft capital. Um, and they didn't spend a second-round pick on Cook. Well, they've been a fourth on Pierce, so we'll see. Uh, they also don't have Naeem Hines on the roster. I think that makes the Bills a little less likely to add a whole other running back in the draft. Uh, so I'm, I'm more concerned about Damian Pierce uh, just because of, of that added risk. But I also like Damian Pierce a lot better than James Cook. So. Do you remember the, the numbers for the, the Damian Harris contract? I know it was one year, like a prove it deal. One year, it was one point seven five base. It's nothing. Hot take. I 
Damon Harris could very well not make 53. Uh, I doubt it. I mean, most of the no. money was guaranteed. I I think this doesn't really change James Cook for me. Like, I think he's going to grow. I think he's going to improve in year two. Mm -hmm. uh, I never expected them to lean on him as a true three-down workhorse because that's not how the Bills run their running back room over the last few seasons. So this doesn't really move it that much for me. I think it more clearly defines the roles because Damian Harris is not a pass-catching threat, and James Cook has that in his arsenal. So uh, to me, it, it doesn't it doesn't really change how I viewed James Cook heading into the season as if Devin Singletary were still there. It's the same to me. No, there's no difference to me between Damian, Har Damian Harris and Devin Singletary. For, for James Cook, this has changed nothing, if no. this is what it is. Um, right, but on the other side, I, the Texans, I do think this is a one-year deal for Devin Singletary. If the right running back is there in the third round, they have picks at 65 and 73. If the right one is there and they like him, I could see them taking him still. If the right one is there, I do think this rules out the Texans of taking a running of taking Bijan at twelve or even taking one at thirty three. I, th I think that rules that out. But I think they could take one of those thirds. Buffalo, I don't think is going to pick a running back at all. Oh. I think this was instead of. Uh, but if uh, if Damian Pierce survives the draft without having anyone brought in on day two, then uh, I'm pretty in on him. But, you know, again, is the staying power really there with either of these two guys? Running backs come in every year. I don't know if this is where I'd put my capital in these guys. Right. I'm more concerned for James Cook if goes to Buffalo, which I've seen rumored. Well, that's not going to happen but, now. I think Damian Harris is instead of Zeke. And so... We don't see any movement. So it's yeah, not really. James Cook, your James Cook value is safe. I will say that I think these landing spots are terrible for Damian Harris and Devin Singletary. They both lost value. I this is not what I wanted. Um, Devin Singletary went to a place with more competition. Um, the competition is better than it was before, so I don't like that. And more running backs could be brought in. The contract wasn't there. Damian Harris. There was a lot of discussion of him like finding a nice job and, and he didn't really find that. Uh, so I, I'm just not really in on either player. I mean, it's better than him working at IHOP. That's true. Like it could have been much like worse. Like, he literally went from starting running back for the pages, to, like fourth string by the end of the year. Like, I'm, I'm surprised he's still in the NFL. Like congrats, dude. Well done. Would you trade Bateman in the 207 for Chris Godwin? I would. Yep. Bateman is a bust. So, yeah, I would. Yeah, I don't like Bateman at all. Lamar, there's a report today that Lamar Jackson is done with the Ravens. Saw that. So, and their options to replace him are limited. So, I'm good on Rashad Bateman. I'll take, I'll take Godwin. Um, and, and, yeah, we'll wrap up the show after these couple of questions here. Uh, let's see. What wide receiver do you project to go to the Titans? Do I think Burks could be supplanted? Um, well, 
they take a wide receiver, if they take Jackson Smith and Jigba at 11, then yes. But I don't expect that. I, I don't expect that, really. They just spent a first-round pick on a wide receiver last year. They could do it two years in a row, but they have a lot of needs. A yeah. lot of needs. I don't know if wide receiver is even their biggest need. I mean, it is, but more is a number one wide receiver their biggest need. I think depth is a need. But in the first round, their offensive line is in shambles. They know. still have they still have quarterback questions. I mean that too. So I mean that's something this that has to be on the table. This mock here has them taking Hendon Hooker in the third round. I can tell you Hendon Hooker's not gonna be there in the third round. They would have to take him at forty one, not seventy two. But I could see them doing that. I'm not yeah, sure the Titans take a wide receiver. I don't think they take one that's going to supplant. I think they might grab someone later, but I don't think they, they're going to take someone that's going to plant the capital. Because you, you, you can't just look at the draft capital. You have to look at what it costs to acquire the draft capital. I mean, they gave up a lot to get Burks. I think he's got a long leash, and, and they're going to give him plenty of room. So They have Burks and Oconquo. But other than that, the only two players they have that even mean anything at all are Nick Westbrook Akina and Kyle Phillips. And those are not even wide receiver threes. I mean, they have to add somebody. Yeah. I mean, DJ Shark is still out there in free agency. You know, they could be in on his services, I guess. Um, but it's Odell, but I don't see Odell going there. I don't see him having, yeah, I don't see Nicole him. Nicole Hartman is still a free agent. And he's someone who that would kind of give them something different. So they could yeah. look at him. Perimeter speed. I think they have to add something. I mean, they're really, they're really screwed. But I don't know if they're going to go first round. Do you see the Colts taking a running back with their second or third pick? Uh, no. I mean, I think they're going to get a contract extension done with Jonathan Taylor. And then... They still have Deion Jackson and Zach Moss as their backups. I mean, that's fine for backups together. I think it's possible. I mean, the Colts have a pick in the fourth and three picks in the fifth. I could see them taking a running back later in the draft, but I don't I don't know. I think their focus is extending Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if they they have so many needs too. I don't know if a running back at in the second or third round is really where they're gonna look. I don't think so either. I, I think they've got offensive line to worry about. Um, they could you uh, they don't really need a, another wide receiver. They drafted a good tight end last year that's still got room to grow. So yeah, I see the line being more of a focal point um, and obviously the glaring quarterback thing. So I mean, they, you know, Deion Jackson actually played well at times last year and Zach Moss wasn't bad either. So between those two, it's not the worst backups for a high-end running back like Taylor. They could probably use a veteran like, I mean, Daryl Henderson is still out there. Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem Hunt will probably be out of the pressure range. Leonard Fournette. Some veterans that are available. We'll see. Yeah, no, they're going with Tannehill. I don't think they have much of a choice, but... Hedden and Hooker is going to be an interesting project for somebody in the second round. I think somebody's going to take that project on. Could be the Titans. Uh, they're certainly not looking at Malik Willis. <laughs> we we know that they they don't like him. Uh, but anyway, uh, you guys have anything you want to plug? Uh, 
I've got a, a few things coming up soon. Uh, I've got one where I go through some rankings and talk about uh, players that I have ranked a little differently than consensus. So that'll be coming out. That. Yeah, late part of this week, early part of next week, somewhere in there. Um, and then, of course, we got plenty of rookie stuff that's going to be uh, hitting pretty pretty quickly here. So yeah, a few things on the on the horizon. Love that, Patrick. Uh, same old, same old. Uh, hanging out here with Tyler and there's one of his new co-hosts and uh, love that. hanging out with the Rumboys on Friday nights. So love doing this. Uh, it's a good, it's a good time. Keep, keep me sharp. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, if you got to the end of the show, make sure to like, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell. Um, I didn't do any extra content this week because I was sick, but if any news comes up, I'll try to have some extra content throughout later on this week. Um, and yeah, check out my Patreon if you like uh, me and my content. That's the best way to support me um, in that. And then, of course, you can find me in, on Twitter at Tyler F. Creator. But uh, I appreciate everyone for watching, listening, or however you consume this, and I will see you all soon. Peace.